Welcome to the Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show, and watch your life grow. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, with uh, the Philippe Matthews Show, and I am so stoked today that we have a brilliant, brilliant mind and a brilliant young mind. I love that, the, the fact that there are uh, young adults out here that uh, are literally doing a damn thing to help the world and help our children of the world. And, of course, I'm talking to and about none other than Michael Eisen, the founder of the Youth Wellness Network, calling in all the way from Toronto or Ontario, Canada. Is that right? You got it. How are you, my friend? I'm amazing. I'm amazing. How you doing? Yes, you are. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna steal that and give you credit twice, and then after the third time, I'm gonna just say it's mine. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> good to me. <laughs> so let's talk about this incredible. Uh, foundation or, or nonprofit uh, 501c3 that you've launched, but let's talk about the reason you launched it and the story behind it. You have had uh, an incredible childhood and uh, young adulthood with amazing epiphanies along the way. Talk to me about uh, what what you know caused you to uh, want to start an organization of this type. Well. Uh Everything that I do, everything that I speak to youth about, everything that I teach youth about is all based on my own life experience and, and continues to be all based on my own life experience. And uh, what, uh, what got me to where I am today is um, going through a significant amount of challenges and issues uh, in my childhood. I feel like I had uh, a lifetime full of um, very interesting and challenging experiences in the first 18 years of my life. And uh, it, actually, it, it actually all started from when I was uh, two years old. Uh, there was an ongoing joke in my family that my uh, that the first two years of my life was like the quiet before the storm. And then uh, when once I turned two and I could walk and talk, uh, it was like all hell broke loose. And, wow. Uh, yeah, there was like there was like an ongoing joke in my family that said my terrible twos came came a little bit longer and uh, finally left when I was thirteen. So uh, I was wow. <laughs> I was uh, I was what you would uh, kindly have been labeled as the spirited child, and uh, <laughs> which uh, which essentially meant that I didn't really listen to um, what anybody said and and really lived life to the beat of my own drum and and. Naturally so, you know, I think we're all born uh, uh, with this ability to uh, navigate our way through life naturally, but, you know, there's a certain set of societal paradigms and beliefs and, and limitations that oftentimes actually strip us away of, of our true identity. Um, and the challenge for me was uh, always feeling like I wasn't normal. Uh, everybody mm. wanted Everybody wanted me to be, you know, the normal child, but I never was the normal child. And... Uh, 
from from that moment on when I was two and I was labeled the spirited child I I uh, started to feel an immense amount of, of lacking uh, of being understood and I remember that was the theme of my childhood nobody understands me nobody gets me nobody knows what I'm going through mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. I felt significantly isolated uh, and, and all the way out through grade school I uh, was picked on I was bullied I was uh, I was judged um, and uh, and I started to uh, develop uh, some habits of, of doing so to myself as I, uh, I really, as my self-worth began to diminish, I, um, uh, how I started to feel about myself on the inside started to reflect uh, the experiences that I was having outside of myself. And, uh, and What kind of things happened? What kind of things did you do? Well, it, 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 it stayed with me all the way through uh, throughout high school and, uh, you know, went um, into some serious times of depression and sickness and stress and mm-hmm. anxiety. And uh, and the light at the end of the tunnel was getting myself uh, into university. And then, you know, the belief system of, well, you know, good grades equals success and success equals happiness. So mm-hmm. I, follow, mm-hmm. I followed that belief, got myself into a good university, uh, left the town that I grew up in and, and thought, oh, that's it. You know, wipe my hands of all the issues and challenges and, and uh, you know, move forward. But uh, got into university, and, and although my first year was an amazing year, and I was able to, for the first time in my life, be who I truly felt like I could be without mm-hmm. anybody, you know, without those prior labels or, or without uh, anybody knowing who I was, um, the challenge was is that, you know, I forgot to study, quote unquote, forgot. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that belief system that came that I had in high school came back. It said you got to get good grades in order to succeed. Uh, you know, if you don't get good grades, you won't get a good job. You won't be able to have a good life. You know, you won't be able to get all the things that are going to lead you towards happiness. Mm-hmm. And so I I started feeling guilty for having so much fun, and I piled a heap of pressure onto myself to get these good grades. And the only challenge was this time I didn't get them. And so from that point on, I'm, I'm in my, my second year of university, and uh, I, you know, all of a sudden, everything starts coming into question. I was thought of as a smart kid before this point, and, and all of a sudden, I'm not getting good grades, and, and my value starts diminishing, and then the depression comes back, and, and I develop a stomach sickness because of the pressure and the stress and the anxiety that is being created from this uh, underlying uh, drive in order to be successful and in order to get the results uh, um, to lead me towards a successful life. And uh, everything just started coming crashing down on me. I started getting physical injuries to the point where it was challenging to even get out of bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I reached my, my form of, of rock bottom. And, and what actually was able to get me out of it was witnessing a, a huge transformation that my father made in his own life. Uh, about a year, a year prior to this, and, and you know we weren't well, let's very. Let's talk about that because you guys, yeah, you should. I remember talking to you before, and you were saying you, you and your father were never really uh, that close, uh, and you know somewhat antagonistic or someone not uh, not emotionally present. Uh, how did how did that turn around? Well, my dad got to a point in his life where he was around your your typical. Uh, uh, midlife crisis age, and uh, he was around 50 years old, and, and he ran a family steel business for 30 some odd years, and was really literally running his life on autopilot, and uh, got to a point where he had accomplished a lot of what he had set out for himself to get, but something was missing, and he started to question things, and he ended up hiring a business coach, and got more of a life coach, and started him on a journey 
of, of personal discovery, realized that he hadn't been happy for the majority of his life, didn't even know what true happiness was. And on top of that, he had been living a life that wasn't his. It was, uh, you know, something that was passed on to him through the beliefs of his father and through the beliefs of society and culture and, and teachers and et cetera. And so he went on this radical self-transformation journey. And, you know, uh, and when my dad does something, he does something full on. So mm-hmm. he, he read something like 50 self-help books in 50 weeks and went to all these conferences and was had many different life coaches. And in a matter of a year, really significantly started to transform his life and realized that his passion was in helping other people. And so he decided to become a life coach. And it was literally like right around the time that I had reached my rock bottom and uh, it was witnessing this change that he made in his life that said, okay, well, if he can do it at 50, I can do it at 19. And so I signed up and I became his fir- like one of his first students. And so he got wow. Yeah, so he got a chance to learn how to be a life coach, and I got a chance to learn all this amazing new wisdom and and ways of looking at life and that I was actually creating uh, a lot of what I was going through uh, as a result of the thoughts that I was thinking and the words that I was speaking and the beliefs that I was living by and the actions that I was taking. And so I started to get more awareness of what was going on in my life and realized that the majority uh, was coming from fear and was coming from negativity. And so... I went on a mission to, uh, you know, transform that and started to work on changing my thoughts and changing my words and changing my actions and uh, led me to experiencing um, more sustained, happy experiences, more sustained, happy moments. And, you know, then I also learned that, uh, you know, what if life was more about learning and growing and less about the achievements or the possessions that we're all striving for but it's really all about just learning and growing equally from every experience that happens. Mm-hmm. So as a result, mm-hmm. I put that into practice, and you know, this whole pressure of getting good grades started to evaporate. And instead of learning for grades, I just learned, I just studied to learn. And okay, well, if I was just studying to learn, and I was always going to do my best, and my best was always good enough, then it doesn't matter what the grade is, and the grade won't determine my value and my worth. I will determine my value and my worth. Absolutely. And, and the funny thing happened is that, you know, within six to eight months uh, approximately of, of applying this stuff to my life, the happiness started coming. And so this whole belief that success creates happiness was completely backwards. And really, for me, it was happiness created my success. Because as I was more happy and as I was feeling better about myself, my results got better. I, I mm-hmm. started doing significantly better in school. You know, I was significantly more comfortable socially. Like everything in my life just started changing. I became, you know, what we would refer to as successful because I was happy. That's incredible. What um, an amazing uh, journey, but what a turnaround. Yeah. Big turnaround, big turnaround. And, and you know, part of that, a big, huge part of that was the in, witnessing the inspired action that I saw in my dad's life. And, and that's why I'm inspired right now and I'm on this, what I call a lifelong crusade to inspire and empower youth to um, 
to really live a happier and, and a more positive life themselves and provide more support resources and programs for them that was not around when I was going through what I was going through. And, and even mm-hmm. bringing this to them at a younger age so that mm-hmm. you, they don't have to wait until they're 19 to, to wake up to this. They can you know, wake up to this at, at, in their, in, when they're 13 or when they're 6 or when they're 5 mm-hmm. or they don't even mm-hmm. have to go through some of the beliefs and the paradigms that, that we condition, we tend to condition our youth and, and we can teach them different things from the get-go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, that's incredible. So talk to me then about uh, the Youth Wellness Network. When did you decide to launch it? And and let's talk about uh, what it does and some of the programs that you do and, 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 and you know, all of the wonderful things that uh, are getting ready to happen. I don't want to uh, put the cart before the horse because there's a lot more great news ahead. But let's just start with when did you launch the, uh, uh, the uh, nonprofit? Now, just just to clarify, I, I do call my organization a social enterprise, okay, because I come from actually a, a business training in university, and when I started this organization, so to answer your question, I started the organization two years ago, and okay. when I was... When I was starting the organization, I was actually toggling with the idea of, okay, do I become a not-for-profit uh, or do I become what it was be- being referred to as a social enterprise? And I had a lot of friends who were working and running not-for-profits at the time, and a lot of a lot of the advice that came in was that, you know, we don't need to call the organization, you don't have to call the organization a not-for-profit in order to do good for society. And and it was actually witnessing a lot of not-for-profits losing some of their funding that they were completely dependent on in order to, to create the good that they were they were uh, out creating, and they had to shut their doors. And all of a sudden, you know, well, all the stuff that they were creating no longer exists. So for me, it was really important to build my organization on the model of sustainability and making sure that... Uh, I'm a sustainable organization, and uh, I'm taking care of myself and anybody else who works for me so that we're able to take care of the most uh, the young people that we're working with. So we are a for-profit business that creates social change, positive social change, and positive social social good uh, for society. And uh, and so I created the organization two years ago, and uh, really it started with an idea, and that idea transformed into an organization within a couple months of sitting down and, and chatting with anybody who wanted to hear my mission and hear my vision and hear my story. And mm-hmm. uh, and I found myself um, in front of a group full of people at a university up here in Toronto and uh, pitched them on a on a wellness program, and, and that got everything started. And uh, and everything's evolved in such an amazing, wonderful way over the past two years to the point where. I'm running wellness programs uh, in high schools, in elementary schools, in middle schools, even in colleges and universities. And what these programs uh, entail is uh, creating a sustainable student-led wellness movement in each school. So what Mm -hmm. I'll do is I'll go in and I'll start the program off with an inspirational keynote. I'll tell my story, I'll share the challenges I went through, and I'll share some of the first principles and strategies I learned in, in how to transform, uh, how I transform my life and what they can start practicing in that moment. I get everybody excited about uh, the idea of creating positive change in their own lives. And then what we do is we open up for sign-ups for what I call wellness leader training. And we get sign-ups representatives from each grade in the school. And I'll go in and I'll train 
these now student leaders in wellness principles and strategies. And at the end of this training, they're equipped uh, with these practices and these tools to not only start changing their lives for the better, but uh, changing the lives of their peers for the better. And then what we do is we create programs and initiatives and projects that this group of student uh, wellness leaders are going to go out to the rest of their school and start sharing all of the principles and strategies that they've learned and creating not only a movement of wellness, but a culture of happiness in this school. That is absolutely amazing. Now, this is done in um, in Canada, or do you plan to... Oh, it's, plan uh, it's, it's, it's it's expanding uh, uh, very much rapidly into the states. I, uh, I I've built a foundation up here in Toronto uh, of programs in schools that I'm working with, and uh, I recently worked in upstate New York in the fall, and I'm in conversation with some schools down in Southern California, and things are growing. Things are growing in a really rapid direction, and you know these programs are able to be created and, and executed anywhere. You know, not just the U.S. and Canada, but but globally is my ultimate vision. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, uh, also, what has come about uh, of your uh, amazing uh, self-discovery is that you and your father uh, are co-authoring a book together. Yes, yes, I'm extremely How cool excited. is that? How cool is that? What Very a legacy. Cool. Yeah, yes. yeah, I just yes. love that. It's just all the generations, everybody wins. This is fantastic. It's called Empowered Youth with the capital Y-O-U, A Father and Son's Guide to Conscious Living. Wow. Talk to me about that. That's going to be through Hay House. It's going to be through Hay House. It's, uh, it's coming out in the fall. And... Um, I mean, it's been an incredible journey. We started working on on the book uh, in the summer, and uh, and it it came it, it came through the whole writing process um, in really in about six or seven months. And uh, we're right now going through the whole editing process and and, and tweaking some things and making it uh, you know a little bit better than it was. But I mean, it was an amazing, amazing journey for us to to write this book together and it brought up some really interesting challenges uh in our relationship that we didn't even know were still there and, mm. and, and, like and what? give me some examples give me well, an example and the way that we uh had set out to write the book was uh was actually co-writing um the the second part of the book and mm -hmm. uh, and in and in that process we realized that uh Although the principles and the foundation of the way that we uh, the way that we live and, and teach others are very similar, uh, there are some fundamental differences in um, in also in the way that we each choose to live our lives. And mm -hmm. so, when it, when it came to trying to communicate that from one voice, it was uh, it was an incredible challenge. And actually, you know, funny enough, uh, part of the edits that we're making is, is we are moving uh, back to where we, uh, we each tell our story and we each teach principles from our own voice in the book. So the way that we actually originally wrote it is not going to be the way the book is published. And, and that's amazing. And, and it, took, it took us a little bit to be okay with that because of the process that we went through uh, in order to write it. But everything is created for a reason, and, and I now see, you know, what we had to go through was 
to to clear through some of the layers in our relationship um, that we didn't know were still hanging around. I mean, there was a point where we went back to treating the way we treated each other, uh, and you know, when I was growing up, and mm. uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and it was so interesting. And you know, I started actually playing the role of controlling my father. Uh, you know, whereas you know, he would make a joke, and he's like, "I think you're getting back at me for the <laughs> for for the 18 years that I did this to you." And so it was really interesting in uh, in the process of writing. And and now I can really honestly say that our relationship is better than it has ever been and, and stronger than it's ever been uh, as a result of going through that whole process and and we're really excited because when the book is out we're putting together a program that we're going to now start teaching together and run uh, intensive workshops and seminars for parents and teenagers and be able to get them all in the same room at the same time where I would begin working with the, the uh, with the teenagers and my dad would begin working with the parents and then ultimately we'd bring everybody together at the end of the seminar and really work towards uh, creating, number one, bridging the gap of, of the generations, bridging the gap of parents and, and kids, but especially, you know, focusing on that time of, of, of uh, being a teenager, there's really a lot of challenges around communication and mm-hmm. really creating a platform for where parents and kids can communicate with each other, uh, not only more consciously, but more uh, supportively uh, and more lovingly and be able to understand where each other is coming from. And and I truly believe that without really understanding perspective, we can't ever approach things with compassion and empathy. So really teaching them to understand one another's perspective so that that compassion and empathy can be um, expressed more clearly in their interactions. And I'm really, really excited about uh, about that in the fall. That is absolutely enormous. That's huge. Yes, yes. I think you're going to end up. I think you're going to end up uh, with your own show. Your own. You're, you're going to have your own TV show or something. You and your dad. I just think that's going to be huge, man. <laughs> that's, a, that's that's just absolutely awesome. Oh my God! I'll, I'll support you in any way I possibly can. Um, Thank you. I really appreciate that. You're very, very welcome. Uh, so now the other thing that that uh, is rocking is that you are on tour uh, with Hay House, actually even before the book is out. Uh, and so talk to us about that. What is the name of the tour that you are a part of uh, with Hay House? Hay House has created a new series of events, and this is the first year that uh, that they are running it because they recognize the need to start reaching a younger audience. And so they've uh, put in a big effort in bringing on younger authors and younger speakers. And next weekend, March 17th to 18th, is the first event of this series. It's called I Can Do It Ignite. And uh, myself and 20 other young authors and speakers will be speaking on many different topics, and, and we each have 20 minutes. So it's similar to kind of following the TED format where we all have that 20-minute uh, window to get our message across. And then um, 
some of their best-selling authors, Louise Hay and Cheryl Richardson, are going to be doing an hour-and-a-half workshop. Uh, Wayne Dyer is going to be doing a, a three-hour talk and presentation, and Doreen Virtue is going to be doing uh, an hour-and-a-half presentation. So combined with all of these new young voices are some of the veterans and, and some of the ones who have been around for a while, and I'm just super excited uh, to be able to uh, not only share my message with um, a, a wider audience, but uh, to be able to do it uh, in a way with, with so many other amazing young people doing amazing things, um, it's just it's an amazing, amazing journey. And uh, Absolutely. The, second, the, the second of the of the series this year is going to be uh, in November in New York, and then uh, you know hopefully uh, this will you know turn into something uh, really great and, and continue onward for years to come. I think it will. I think it will. Uh, what is the web address uh, for for people, for kids uh, and uh, parents to get in contact with you? You can uh, you can find out more about me and my programs at uh, www.youthwellnessnetwork.ca, and all the information about the programs that I run, uh, a little bit about my story, how to get in touch with me, how to bring me to uh, any other community, uh, to any other schools or youth organizations. Um, you can all get that on the website. Fantastic. So what is the enrollment process? I mean, how does a student uh, qualify to be part of your program? Well, the, the process usually goes where the school itself uh, would, would bring me down uh, and bring my organization in. So I would work with the guidance department or a teacher in the school or the principal or the vice principal. Uh, you know, all they, you know, they would have to identify you know, wellness, uh, emotional, physical, uh, mental health and wellness as a need for their school, which, to be honest, is becoming a huge need uh, amongst schools, and they are mm -hmm. uh, recognizing this as a need. So they would, I would work with them in creating a program that uh, is tailored towards the uh, needs of the kids of their school, and then I would uh, come down to the area and I would do the keynote and I would do the wellness leader training, and then um, we would uh, create other uh, further support and mentorship in order to get the student wellness committee up and going in the school, and, and that's how it would go. I mean, if, if there's individual uh, young people um, looking to get involved in bringing me out to their school the best way is just to email me and I can walk them through the process of how they can uh, get involved in, in uh, bringing the Youth Wellness Network into their school. And uh, I'm also in the process of creating uh, a series of online programs where, uh, you know, for the instance where I, I uh, am not running programs in a certain community or school, um, in the meantime, I'll be able to have online programs running on my website so there is something uh, that they can partake in. And then, of course, last but not least, I run one-on-one -on -one mentorship services. So I do that uh, over Skype or over the phone or in person. And uh, so if, if any uh, young people are looking for some additional support and guidance, I am uh, happy to provide. Absolutely fantastic. Well, like I said, you have... <laughs> Excuse me, 100% support of the Philippe Matthews Show. Sorry about that, I swallowed wrong. Uh, and <laughs> what I want to do is uh, have you come back on a regular basis, give us updates <coughs> on what you're up to, and talk about the research, what you're getting back, and what the kids are talking about, and how you're empowering these lives all over the world. I would absolutely love to. I would absolutely love to. I know you got to run, so I know we had a quick interview today, but, again, we're going to have you come back, and we're going to talk even more in depth about 
programs and how the kids have been affected by it, and maybe even have some of your kids go on and talk about it. So that would be great. I'm in. Count me in. You just let me know. What. <laughs> All right, my friend. I love you. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me, and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. You got it, buddy. Take care, Michael. Okay, take care. Bye-bye.